You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, this is the Colts Blue Zone Podcast alongside Mike Chappell and Joe Hopkins. I am Dave Griffiths. Glad to have you here with us. Uh, thankfully, uh, we are uh, we're kind of quarantined in our little office back here. That uh, I, I am confident that all of us are healthy right now, but... Uh, everyone taking precautions across the sports <laughs> world. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Everyone taking precautions across the sporting world to uh, to make sure that uh, to take every step possible to limit the spread or even the possibility of contraction of uh, coronavirus. And not not much really from the NFL right now, since this is an NFL focused podcast. We'll kind of center on that, but. Uh, the NFL saying, uh, at least Adam Schefter tweeting out today, this uh, this 12th of March, that the NFL has no plans to move the start of the new league year, and that's on March 18th at 4 p.m. So next Wednesday at 4 p.m. is when that new league year begins. And Mike, we were talking just before we got on the air, uh, the, the start of the new year doesn't doesn't mean meetings. It doesn't mean people traveling here and there. These are, these are things that when the new league year begins, you can do a whole lot of your work over the phone, over teleconference. It, it's a whole lot of, we can begin start working on the roster for next year. It's not necessarily, oh, I have to meet with this person in person to get this work done that we can now do with the new league year beginning. Yeah. Now, the only caveat to that is that in prior years, although not as much recently, players, you can start making visits. Right, the legal tampering period is, is Monday at noon, I believe it is. So, theoretically, you can have this guy come into your building. And the Colts in the past did that; they had guys come in. It was it was the old thing that if you get them in, don't don't let them leave without a contract. So that again, but that's something I think more and more teams are going with, with phone interviews and phone conversations with agents. And you can, for the most part, you know what you're getting. Uh, with a player, and and you can do your work over the phone. So it's kind of crazy with all this going on. The NFL, as it turns out, is in the best place regarding what you shouldn't be doing because they've got nothing immediately. There's no no games to cancel, postpone, no meetings. Now, the first we were talking, the first thing that will happen probably is the league meetings, owners' meetings in – Palm Springs? Palm Beach. Let's Palm see. Beach, I think it is, in Florida at, at the end of the month. That's gotten to be a very popular media destination with access to coaches, real good access to coaches and owners. That may be scaled back, if not curtailed, to where it's only owners and they do their business. And then you've got the draft. Not the draft itself, which is April 23rd to the 25th, but the way the league has maximized, you know, wisely so, making it a fan event. Mm-hmm. And the, the pictures from Nashville were incredible uh, of the thousands, tens of thousands of people on the streets. And you think, boy, can you imagine Vegas? Well, I think what, I think what we're going to see really is the draft, certainly the draft, the draft will go on. Back, back in the day, and I was, I was there for a lot of it. Hmm. It, it, it's the team calls in the the vote or the, the the selection to the to New York, and the commissioner announces it, and that's all it is. Right, Chris Ballard is here in Indianapolis. Correct. We talked to him that night. It's the, not like he needs to be. In they'll send places. a couple of employees, and they'll man the phones and and take the card or send the card to the podium. What you're what you're not going to see, I, I'm positive, is having the the fans 
going bonkers and, and outside of a casino, you know. So they're real, they're really going to curtail that. I, I just don't see how they get around it. But there's no reason at all for the draft itself to change in structure. But again, one thing that we mentioned also that's that's going to happen, and a few teams have already announced it, is teams are no longer going to these pro days. Right. The, the Redskins, I think, officially announced that they're having all their scouts come home, mm-hmm. and you'll be doing a lot more stuff uh, over the internet. And I sent out a, a question to the Colts on what they're doing. Haven't heard back from them, but I think that's what people are. It, it's we were talking before the program started. I don't know if people are overreacting or being cautious. And right now, being cautious is what you want to do. You want you want really want to not be behind the curve and be the one who didn't do something and then something really bad happened. So I, I, I'm not too upset or concerned that people are, if you want to use the term overreacting, I don't know, but, but it makes sense because there is so much unknown when all you have to do is consider how easily anything is spread. You know, you shake hands with somebody, and then you go do your business, and, and you sh- and then they go to the airport. And it's incredible how quickly so many people from one person is impacted. So I, I understand this, uh, and we may look back in a year and say, "Boy, really went overboard on that." But but th- there's no question that's what's going to happen until people feel safe doing the alternative. I think you make a tremendous point that the NFL, out of all the major sports leagues, is in the best possible position right now. Because- Can you imagine if this is August? Oh. No, I'd rather not. Thank you, because it's been—I mean, it's been tough enough for 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 us to cover this now with everything happening. Um, I mean, literally, literally every other sport right now. Baseball is about to get going. NASCAR, IndyCar is about to start Hockey. this weekend. Hockey. Every single Have conference they announced tournament. the St. Pete uh, race is going to. As of right now, the St. Pete mayor had said no fans, uh, like no general I had attendance. General tell me they think, they think but they're going to cancel it. I think that Postpone, there was supposed cancel, to be a, a press conference later this afternoon, this Thursday afternoon. So by the time you all are listening to this podcast, this might already be uh, be be in the bag or uh, be kicked to the side of the curb, so to speak. But 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 again, it, when I've always said in a lot, you know, life is about timing. The right place, the right time, and right now, of all all the stuff going on, the NFL finds itself, relatively speaking, in a pretty good place because the things that they've got going on can be dealt with dealt with without massive disruption. One disruption that occurred within the NFL community and really within the AFC South community just recently was the uh, the the devastating tornado in Nashville. Of course, the uh, the Colts, the Jaguars, and the Texans are all making a combined donation of $100,000 to uh, the Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee, supporting the Titans and Nashville as well. Um, If you'd like to make a donation, you can go to cfmt.org. Once again, that is cfmt.org. So... Folks the the, fo- with, the photos from the, the Nashville area, it was, it was ridiculous. It was incredible. Somebody took their hand and just wiped away communities. The NFLPA will vote to extend the time for players to vote on the proposed CBA. All players have until 11.59 p.m. Saturday evening. So before Sunday comes, you got to have that vote in to submit your electronic ballot for this current proposed CBA. And we've touched on the CBA a little bit in this show already. Um, we've seen some uh, some really major name players who have spoken out against it. Uh, we've seen I've seen some former players 
who are now in the media. I think Emmanuel Acho came on and provided a tremendous video on Twitter to to explain why it it, it this CBA is good for the majority of players. Sixty or sixty five percent of the players making minimum. They're going to see a big, big increase in their salaries. So it's difficult for the NFLPA to represent everyone equally because even though they're all football players, they're all stars, they're all making hundreds of thousands of dollars if you're on a 53-man roster. The the needs and the wants of the guy who's just scraping by at the end of a roster are far different than the needs and the wants of an Aaron Rodgers or a J.J. Watt who are, are making millions of dollars a game um so if if you want to have a cba that is agreed upon by your entire uh your entire pool of players the word i'm looking for around 2000 players you can't you can't acquiesce to the requests of the stars, even though they're the stars. Of the, of the, of the loud stars. And, and, and I understand and they, They've earned the right to be loud. Certainly. They've earned the right to say that this is not good for them. Absolutely. But, but don't the they have to understand where if you're the 53rd player in the roster and, and they're going to give you a fifty or $100,000 boost, you're going to say, hell yes. Easily. Easily. Like, would you want a 20% pay raise tomorrow or a 30% and, 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 and or a, I, whatever I, it is? I understand what might be the pitfalls of this and if this is an owner-friendly deal and all that, but when 60% of your workforce are minimum wage, you know, workers, it all work. You know, it, we it, use minimum wage very, very right, loosely. Correct. It, yes. well, it's a relative term. But but it, it anyone who thinks that I, I'm just convinced that this is going to pass because, again, I've been in these locker rooms, and you talk to these young players, and it's it comes off bad when you say that they are selfish. You're damn right I'm selfish. Yeah. When it's me, and my life expectancy in, in the sport is three and a half years. You know, I'm, I'll worry about 10 years down the road in my medical benefits later. I want what I can get in my hands right now, and that's is that short-sighted? Of course it is. But I just it, – it's to, to expect the majority of the, of the players – to be thinking the same way the megastars are, it's just it's it's you're delusional if that's what you think it is. Everyone is selfish. E- everyone is looking. And out if you're for their not, own you're, you're you're crazy. Exactly. It, that everyone's looking out for their own their own interests, it, especially when it comes to a situation like this, when you are literally negotiating for your paycheck. Period. NFL free agency. We've touched on this already, Mike. You said the legal tampering period begins on Monday, March 16th, when teams can speak with agents and verbally agree to contracts with future free agents and that future free agent is not all that far away as just two days later after the legal tampering period begins free agency is set to start uh, on wednesday march 18th at 4 p.m you'll, you'll start seeing deals done at right 4 p.m plus three seconds and it'll be amazing how quickly mm-hmm. the big guys leave the market one note in the AFC South. Again, the Titans have uh, apparently decided to release running back Deion Lewis. So that's just that's one weapon that's going to be on the on the market. The guy that actually has uh, hit the Colts hard over over his career and hit the Colts hard when he was in um, in New England with the Patriots. And if I'm not mistaken, Deion Lewis was on a Colts practice roster I briefly, think, very briefly, and I think it was during a training camp. Maybe his rookie year, and he was released from from the Colts, and he is he has done quite well to uh to prove to them, show them that 
uh, in past games that he does. Uh, he he was not uh, all too kind. Uh, now, all, the one, one thing to keep in mind when when that. you start talking about the free agents, uh, any list you look at, it's going to contain players who won't be free agents. They'll be tagged, franchised, uh, transition, or guys that'll be re- re-signed by their own teams prior to prior to Wednesday. You know, I, I guess when you look at any list, it includes Anthony Costanzo. Well, he unless we're missing something, he won't be out there. So, you know, Chris Jones of Kansas City, uh, Jadavian Clowney, now he may be different. I'm not sure if Seattle can re- will re-sign him or not. Yeah, Seattle, they pr- um, when they acquired him, they promised not to franchise him. Right. So they'll either give him a new contract or he'll go elsewhere. And he's going to get $20 million. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's still uh, – and again, with the CBA, until until the CBA is, is ratified, teams don't know if you have one tag or two tags. Teams don't know exactly how much money they have to spend in free right. agency. For the Colts, it's not quite as important as others right. since they have more cap space than literally everyone else in the league. But teams that are much closer to that cap number, it could be a difference of, hey, we have 15 extra million dollars that we can spend on the cap, or we have 10 million extra. You don't know exactly what that number is, and right. that greatly affects what you can do during this time of year. Right, and, and again, we'll know I don't know what the deadline is on... Saturday night, 11.59 p.m., then so have by quick, Sunday. Then how quick will you know the... Is, know is, the exact is, number. Is this, is this Iowa? <laughs> you know, are we can't be counting votes? Let's go back to Florida in 2000, uh, yeah, hanging oh chads boy. out Supreme there. Supreme Court. Yeah. So it'll be interesting, but, but again... This will work its way out, and again, I don't know that the league would have to change, or or will change the, the start of, of of the new league year because it just doesn't. It's it's not the same as what's going on in other all other sports. So, I think we anticipate the CBA getting getting ratified, and then the tampering starting, and then free agency and the new league year starting on 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 Wednesday. So really, between. You know, Sunday at midnight and what was it, Monday at noon? Correct. That's when the free agent tags are going to land. Um, so the sat- Sunday and Monday, there's going to be a lot of news about some of these bigger name guys. Well, being again, taken if, you, if, if you're market. if you're Dallas and the two that jump out are Dallas and Tennessee, if if they can use two tags, that's great for them. Yeah, because they've got what Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper, and Tennessee's got Tannehill and and uh, Derrick Henry. So if you're, you're you've got to have the two contingencies, one the likely one that you're going to have one tag. So you're going to sign a player or tag a guy or tag a guy and let the other guy see what's out there. So, but you have to you have to prepare for both, and they will. And uh, we'll see a lot of re-signings. I, I've wondered too, and, and I sent out a text to someone and haven't got back with it. Like on Costanzo, why isn't that done yet? I don't know that whether there's a new CBA or not impacts Costanzo because I would think that the CBA contacts players more that are going to get the longer contracts. Right. If you're Costanzo and it's going to be a well, at, at largest a three year contract that's really maybe a one year deal. I don't know what a, a, an extended CBA would would mean for him. I just anticipate Monday or Tuesday we get. Notice that they've re-signed Costanzo. So let's focus on the Colts for a little while, since this is the Colts Blue Zone podcast. By the way, you can follow us throughout the week on Twitter, at Colts Blue Zone. Get your Colts news delivered to you on a daily basis, instead of just weekly, listening to us here 
while you are holed up in your house, perhaps uh, on quarantine. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you guys, like my wife is already at home. Her job has told her, hey, if, if you can work from home, work from home. It's not even, yeah, maybe if you want to, it is work from home. So I know there's a lot of people out there in, in central Indiana who are, who are in that same boat that like, hey, work from home. So we're glad that you're listening to the Colts Blue Zone podcast during your uh, maybe extended hours. And we'll be um, out there as much as we need to be. Exactly. So Colts, free agents. We, it starts with Anthony Costanzo, and we've already mentioned his name multiple times uh, throughout the first 10, 15 minutes here. But that's a, it's a Colt that is in the works, is what Chris Ballard said, that he wants to come back, that they are working out the deal to sign him. Even if it goes past Monday or Wednesday when the free agent period begins, I don't, I don't anticipate it will. Well, if it goes past Wednesday, he's a free agent, he and, and he can go anywhere else. And, and that, I find it hard to believe that he would go anywhere else. So that, that's no, the that's, thing. Normally, if a guy hits the market, he's gone. Yeah. Because let's say the Colts and and they're I don't say notorious. They're they're known for putting a price tag on a player. Okay, we think Costanzo's worth fifteen million a year. Right. Well, if he would balk at that, which I don't think he would, and then he hits the market and another team offers him eighteen million. Well, where are you going? You know, three million. Okay, I'll take that. So normally, it it, it gets done because it, the alternative is you lose the player. So I. It gets done because, I, again, I, I agree with you. I think he wants to be back here. Why wouldn't you? Th- th- this is a team that – and it's not a loyalty thing as much as it's a, it's a maybe a comfort thing. Right. And you've got this line intact. And it was funny. We were, was it Frank Reich we were talking about, about getting Costanzo back? And he mentioned that he, he wondered how the other, the, the other offensive linemen are sort of pressuring. Do you want to be the guy that breaks the streak? Right. That was Reich, yes. So, so it, it, there's a lot of things going into it. And I understand free agents, when you get there, especially younger guys, like some of these guys that are 25 and 26, and this is their shot. You always want that second contract. That's where you get your money. Seldom, seldom do you get three contracts. It's your free agent contract after four or five years that you really cash in. So uh, I I just think it makes so much sense for Costanzo to be back here. And uh, the other guys, I tell you, wouldn't, wouldn't you think, worst-case scenario, they at least franchise tag him? Like, I don't think they'd let him get away. Until they could work out a long-term, quote-unquote, of course, Ballard told us, he, he, I can't remember the quote was, it, I don't think that's going to happen or whatever. I just, I'm just not sure why. If the franchise tag is probably 14 or $15 million. It was 16 I just Was it 16 okay, okay. okay. Well, yeah, I, I guess. But th- but then here you're back doing this next year. I, I, think, I think they get a three-year deal done. It's really like a year deal, and he'll get his good money in the first year. Let's roll down the list of Colts free agents. Just We'll go in the order of uh, the money they made last year on their contract. AC was somewhere up north of about $11 million. We go down, and the uh, one of the big free agent acquisitions for the Colts last year, Devin Funchess. The Colts signed him because they thought he could be a— Because they liked him. Exactly. I mean, they really did. I mean, they gave him— they gave him ten million dollars. It was only one year, but but ten million dollars is a good. It was ten with a chance change. of getting three more with incentives. Right. So so they liked what he showed on tape, and then three quarters into the season, he breaks his collarbone in five six places. Three, three quarters meaning three quarters, not three quarters right. of the season. Three quarters of a game. Literal three <laughs> yes quarters into a game. So incredibly unfortunate for him. Whether you want to bring him back completely depends on medical to me right now. If he he's the same player in my mind at least. Exactly. He's only twenty six years old. He this is not a guy who you signed at twenty eight thinking that oh maybe he has a couple good years left and then eh or a guy you signed at thirty and you're like eh like this is a guy who's still young. He is entering the prime 
four-year stretch of his career. If he recovered medically to a point that you are comfortable with and you liked him last year, and you can agree on a price, all those things, of course, it always comes down to whether you can agree on a price. I, I would anticipate the Colts bring him back. Hey, if somebody else goes out there and wants to give him $10 million again for one year, I don't think the Colts will do that. But the Colts may be thinking, hey, we gave you $10 million last year for three quarters. Yeah, hey, now. How about, how about well, and, and Funches says, no, it doesn't work that way. Right. It, that's true. And, and he has every right to say it doesn't exactly. work that way. Exactly. Yeah. And also, he came here last uh, March, whatever it was, with the idea that Andrew Luck was his quarterback. Right. So does he want to be here? Correct. With not Andrew Luck. Right. So he, there, there's, a lot, there, there's a lot of moving parts on, on his. And, and, and the primary one is, is, is how is the show, how's the collarbone? Right. Because it it was he, he fractured the collarbone in September first week of September, and whenever they put him on IR was it December? It's yeah. it still it was wasn't late, he, yeah. it still wasn't healed right. Now to think if if it's not healed now then there's something really wrong. But he's really interesting because again it, it like you mentioned he is the same player you, you you that drew your interest last year, and if the if the shoulder's not an issue he's the same player with no more wear and tear on his body. Mm-hmm. And at this point, he knows the offense. He's been through a whole training camp with Brissett, so he's you know a little bit of a head at this point. And the next guy on this list, Eric Ebron being gone, Funches' size almost makes that a little bit more There's important. so many pluses to, to, to bringing him back, but it comes back to, you know, I, I'm going to assume that the shoulder's fine. But how, how does he value himself on the open market? And how receptive are the Colts to... to I'm not saying overpaying, but would you give him another ten million ten million dollar contract? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I, you know, and, and we, we what we need to keep it in in mind is when we're talking money, it's all relative. What other teams pay, they can do for the most part whatever they want to do in free agency. The cap's not an issue, and you can always make the cap work. And cash, as far as the owner is concerned, isn't an issue. So you can, for the most part, do whatever you want if. If your if your personnel mind will let you do it, Joe mentioned he who shall not be named on this uh, podcast. So I don't think we have to waste our breath with Eric Ebron. He's not coming back. I, I, what was the quote? I think we're moving on. I, I think, think we're moving on. Yeah, I think so, that's what Chris Ballard said kindly. And there was no and there was no follow up to what he say. I mean, we were sitting there and it was like, okay, well then we'll move on. I, I think we're moving on too. Okay. I did see there was talk that uh, the Patriots might have an interest in. Fine, him. go. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Go ahead. Jabal Sheard, former Patriot himself, Jabal Sheard, has been very valuable to the Colts' defensive line. If you're, once again, listening to what Chris Ballard said after the season was over, that same uh, infamous Eric Ebron line, he also said about uh, the defense that it lacked veteran voice in the locker room, something that a guy like Mike Mitchell gave them in the past. Al Woods. A guy like Al Woods gave them in the past. Jabal is not exactly that same type of vocal guy in the locker room, it doesn't appear. Because he was there. I mean, if, he, exactly. if, if you were given an indictment for, for the lack of veteran voices, he was in there. Exactly. He's uh, a veteran guy. And, and I don't mean that to be a knock on him. but Justin Houston, a veteran guy. Right. Clayton Gathers, a Vet- veteran guy. So, so I don't know if, he, if he's wanting – he uses the word friction in, in the locker room, which I don't, know, he, I don't think he means people turning over chairs. But – I, my inclination is if the price is right, I bring him back because one, that's an area you you need 
depth, you know, eight or nine players if, if the roster allows. And he, he's been that quiet contributor that does a little bit of everything. At the end of the game, you say, what did he do? Well, he gave us this, this, and this. But do you make? Can you make it work? He's not. He's not the kind of player that Ballard generally goes after. He's a little older. I think he'll be thirty. Thirty. I think he's thirty. He'll turn thirty-one soon. Mm-hmm. So, but but I think this is one where to, to me, you make an exception, and, and t- until you have something better, he's the kind of guy I like to have in my defensive line rotation. The next one is an intriguing one, but perhaps not quite as much. It is Joe's favorite player on the Colts. He has a shrine to him back at his home. It is Adam Vinatieri, of course. Joe, your thoughts on Adam Vinatieri? I think we've covered it a lot in the past, but <laughs> yeah. I think... it, it rhymes with Joe. <laughs> no, no, uh, we'll see. I mean, I think you asked Ballard at the at the combine where they are with Vinatieri. Still rehabbing. Said rehabbing. Maybe they'll talk once he's you know healthy again, but at this point, I don't think they're going to bring him back. I don't want it to get to the point that we're just running Vinny out of town. And that's, sort, that's sort of what the piling on is sounding, and I don't mean it to be that way. I'm, I'm looking at it just from cold, hard roster, what you're doing. Whatever, l- let's say they bring him back for a year, $3 million. It'll be non-guaranteed money until he's on the roster mm-hmm. for opening day. I just think the idea, and we've talked about this, the idea, you've already got Chase McLaughlin under a w- one-year deal. So I just don't know that you want to set yourself up for open competition during off-season and training camp with the idea that maybe you cut Vinny in August. It just doesn't, it doesn't seem to make sense. The next two on this list are both players who signed one-year deals last off-season. Those are Chester Rogers and Clayton Gathers. Uh, I'll start with Rogers. He was on he, one of the main reasons that he made the roster this year was because he was the punt returner. Now and, and a decent one. And yeah, absolutely. Like he caught everything. That that's that's one A and one B right there. But Both. then he ranked I think he was top ten in the at least the AFC, if not the league, in punt return. So he, he was decent. But it seems like Naheem Hines has taken that job now for the foreseeable future after what he did the past couple weeks of the regular season. Of course the game against Carolina is the highlight of that, but that one and the next one, I believe, the Week 17 game, he was, if I remember correctly, I don't remember the Jaguars punting all that much in that game again. But <laughs> no, sorry, no, they didn't. No, but but again, that's the, in my mind the the, the the only reason that Rodgers made the roster last year because he was the punt returner. Right now, I, I could argue that the way the receiver core is lined up right now, I would like him back as my fifth receiver. But the idea is you're going to get. Let, let's say let's say Funches does not come back. You still got to sign a veteran because you have to, and hope you have a better luck this year. So you got Ty, you got a veteran. Those are two, and then you're going to draft a guy. I think when your first three picks, mm-hmm. you got Pascal. You're going to have Pascal. You're going to have uh, Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell. You're going to have Reese, Reese Fountain. That's is that six? That's six guys right there. And, and that's before you start bringing in a couple of free agents and right. all this. So you know, I, yes, Rogers gives you some experience to position, but the way that it breaks down, you're going to have more bodies going into camp. Although, again, I remind people that people were, and even Ballard, which, again, this is what I totally disagree with him about. He said, I should have given more depth at the position at receiver. They had plenty of depth. Yeah. They did. I mean, 
they had plenty of depth. Leaving leaving training camp, they had plenty of depth. You just got pounded. And then you, you got, just pound, got pounded. You, you cannot. You can't carry ten receivers. You, you can't do it. So, but I, I I just don't know that there's room for Rodgers. And, and at best, he's going to be your fourth. At best, and you've got a punt returner. So I just it just doesn't make sense. Clayton Gathers. It seems like there are other guys back there right now. They like Kari Willis, as we said last year, right after the draft. If Chris Ballard trades up to get somebody, he likes him a lot. And Kari Willis saw more play as the season went on. He took over that starting role. Clayton Gathers did not start. It was. Kari Willis and Malik Hooker back there. They have George Odom, who they like too. So there's three safeties right there. Um, if I don't know what they'd want to pay Clayton Gathers. I would argue again that, that it would make sense to bring him back at a close to a veteran's minimum salary. Now, whether he would do that, he went on the market. He was one of the few guys that went on the market last year, and the market said no thanks. So if I'm not mistaken, they went back and looked last year. They sent they they gave an offer to a restricted guy, uh, Matthias Farley, uh, and then they cut him. Right. So I I could see bringing the gathers back and until you know what you have in the same vein. Correct. They did Farley last oh, year? Right. So so and again maybe because because the the shame was that we gathers went into last year and the knock was well stay on the field. Well, last year he did. He finally did. He yeah, did. he was healthy. He did, and, and his his playing time, for whatever reasons, declined one game. He was a healthy and active, I believe. Maybe he dressed and didn't play. So it's just not a good thing. But I would I would like to bring some of these guys back until I know that I've got somebody better. And, and again, they've got the wherewithal to do that, first of all, with cap space, which, again, let's not get hung up on that because you can make stuff work. But you bring guys back, and they wouldn't be much guaranteed – uh, remember, was it last year they brought back uh, Jack Muirt, the guard on a one-year deal that it, it, it had a small signing bonus. I don't know whether it was fifty thousand dollars, whatever, but it was it was prove it, and his knee just wouldn't hold up. There's three or four guys on here. I wouldn't mind seeing them do that, almost with the hope that come August, you've got better options, younger options going into training camp. Dontrell Inman, I don't anticipate the Colts signing him in the before the season he's been a mid-season acquisition the last two years two years ago was certainly much much he more said they're bacon two years he ago did uh but that that seems to be working out for don trell right now to be a mid-season guy to stay ready and, and join a team in the middle of the year that really needs wide receiver help because i don't think anybody wants to wants to sign him to a, any kind of no. long-term deal in the offseason right now unfortunately for him but like i said kind of works in the middle of the year correct LaRaven clark I don't think he saw the field last year. Not but, one, not one snap. But he was—he's kind of your backup guy to Anthony Costanzo. The Colts have options with him. I doubt that anybody else around the league is in love with him, especially since they didn't see him at all last year. So, is he a guy that could test the open market again and maybe like Clayton come back once there's could nothing be. out there? You you say hey. Or even if you go out there and see what you're worth. If right. you can get something, God love you. Mm-hmm. If not, we're here for X number of dollars. Right. And I th- again, I think there's a couple guys like that. I would. It's so easy to say get rid of these guys, but then when you do, there's another one or two on here we can, we'll talk about. But who? If he's not here, then who? You know. Again, uh, if Costanzo, knock on wood, you hope doesn't happen, goes down. Who was your left tackle? Well, it's either he or Joe Haig. Mm-hmm. And right now, I would think it's Lorraine Clark. Joe Haig's another guy on this list, a little bit further down, just the salary scale, but we can talk about him now. 
he's been immensely valuable to that offensive line, filling in when necessary. Obviously, last year was kind of an enigma that um, not too many players missed much time due to injury, but that is very much a rarity in the NFL. If that happens one year, you got to figure, hey, we better be ready for, for injuries to strike the offensive line because that that's one of the areas in an NFL team that gets hit the hardest with injuries. So you want at least one or two reliable backups Joe Haig's guy who's been here for a while, it can be a serviceable backup when called upon in limited role. And he can play all five positions, um, both tackles, guard. And that one camp was it last? wasn't last year, two years ago, I think it was. They sort of moved him to center just to see. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it wouldn't be ideal. But the, the issue with Joe Haig, I've always considered him Joe, Joe Wright's 2.0. And I don't mean that as a knock. I mean, Joe Wright's had a pretty doggone good career. Yeah. Uh, and made a lot of money as the the Swiss Army knife. The question for Joe Hegg, well, two is first is with the team, how much do you value Joe Hegg? And I think they do. But with Joe Hegg, do you want to come back here and be the sixth wheel, which is what you're going to be barring injury, or do you want to go somewhere with the idea of maybe being a starter? And that's not an easy decision. I mean, the grass isn't always greener. We've seen guys leave teams. Uh, Deion Lewis. Mm-hmm. You know, he thought quite now he got paid pretty well. So, but do do you want to go somewhere with the possibility, maybe maybe on a lesser team, depending on the offers, and and be a potential starter or come back here and be part of a pretty good offensive line, knowing like you said that people are going to get hurt. Last year was an aberration; it just was. So I, I I'd like to see Hague back because I think he does. If you don't value your sixth offensive lineman, you don't understand how that position works to where you carry six on game day, unless that changed with the new CBA, you have to have linemen who can play different spots, not only just go in, but on a, on the drop of a hat go in at a different spot. Mm-hmm. There have been games where Joe Haig went in and played right tackle, and then a series later he's playing right guard. Hmm. So you've got to be able to do that, and he has shown that, that ability to do. Another offensive lineman on this list, Josh Andrews, the backup center last year. Not unreasonable to think the Colts could make him an offer if they. Uh, once again, he he played a little bit last year because Ryan Kelly did miss a couple right. snaps. He was one of the few guys who did uh, come off the field. Correct. Every once in a while, for either a stinger, I think it was, or something in the neck, or. And again, it's Ballard always wants to have like nine or ten, not just linemen. You're gonna have you're, you're gonna have nine or ten linemen. He wants to have nine or ten guys that that if all hell breaks loose and you need to use number nine or number 10 that the guy can go in and, and not embarrass himself or get your quarterback beaten on. So uh, again, I think with Hague, I, I make Hague a priority. Maybe, maybe I'm overvaluing. I don't think I am. And then the second tier is Lorraine Clark and, and, and Josh Andrews, because you, you're probably going to draft an offensive lineman because you always do. Maybe you draft an offensive tackle higher this year because of Costanzo's uncertain long-term, which is, is two years, future. Uh, they're they're never, ever going to ignore offensive line and defensive line. It's not going to happen. Writing down the rest of the list of free agents, we'll just cover, I'll mention everyone else on this list in front of me. Uh, safeties, Isaiah Johnson, uh, or defensive backs, Isaiah Johnson, Brian Bodie Calhoun, Kai Nakua, and uh, Roland Milligan. Um, some wide receivers in there, Doris Fountain, Marcus Johnson, running back Jonathan Williams, uh, defensive tackle Trevon Coley, 
And uh, I think that's it. Chase McLaughlin, they signed to he, a one-year he, he, deal. They, they re-signed McLaughlin and uh, Zach Pascal. Zach Pascal, maybe and, somebody uh, else. And Alley Cox. Correct. Those three. So, and again, one thing on three of the year, uh, Milligan and, and Fountain are restricted or right. are exclusive. Exclusive rights. Which means agents. you just make an offer and the guy goes nowhere. Restricted guys, uh, you have to give a certain tender on. on That's Trevon Coley, who's a restricted which free agent. Which, that one you're just going to make the bottom line offer and. Uh, and if he signs somewhere else, you get no compensation. So you you look at this list and and you get past Costanzo, and they'll sign they'll sign a couple guys, but because you do, but if they re-sign nobody, it's not like you don't look at that and like we have to get this guy right, back, right? And, and there have been years that's not been the case where you've had two or three guys. So whether they've taken care of business to the right degree, which which brings about this, but they're going to re-sign. They just. Three or four of these players will be back. Costanzo, certainly, and I think Hague, maybe Gathers. I, I don't know. And Laraven Clark. So, But some teams have got massive number of players, major players, to resign. The Colts aren't facing that. Outside of the Colts building, there have been rumors uh, tied to the Colts. Uh, I, I emphasize rumors very strongly. This is a Philip Rivers segment, isn't it? Uh, well, he, he is part of the, the list here. For, uh, for players that have been linked to the Colts. We should like have a little stinger somehow, somebody like a voiceover guy linked to the Colts <laughs> this offseason. So Phillip Rivers is definitely one of them, 38 years old, ties to Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni. Obviously has to be a short-term deal because he's 38 years old. Um, your likeliness from a scale of 1 to 10 that this man who is linked to the Colts will actually sign with the Colts this offseason. I've lessened on that. Uh, initially, I thought, well, first of all, he's an upgrade. He, he's an upgrade over over Jake, Jacoby Brissett. He is, unless his arm is is dead, which he threw for 4,000 yards and 23 touchdowns and all that. So he's an upgrade, but I've left the boat. I, I, I'm going on no rivers. Stick with Brissett. Don't turn us off right yet. Let me, let me finish. <laughs> Please. Stick with Brissett. Draft a guy either 13th or 34th or 44, no no further back, and let that guy learn, watch and learn behind Brissett. I just to, – to go with – unless I'm totally missing, I don't think I'm, I've looked at and talked to people. Let, let's say you go Rivers. That's $25 million minimum. It means you're going to get rid of Brissett because if you bring in Rivers, it shows you have zero confidence in Brissett, which I don't think that's the case. I think they've got some confidence. So that's $12 million in dead money. That's 37 for the quarterback. The the, the draft pick receiver quarterback is going to cost you a million, so it's no big deal. But then you're probably going to bring in a veteran backup or a better backup than what you've got. That's $40 million in cap space for your quarterbacks in players and dead money. And I just don't see Ballard doing that. It would also signal more short term or more long. You're sort of giving up the long term, I guess, for the short term. And I just don't see Ballard going Phillip Rivers. Now, Nick Foles, would you like Nick Foles better? Joe's kind of I don't want his contract. Well, but the contract will be less than what it'll be less than what uh, Rivers is. It's like is it fifteen or sixteen million dollars? Because all the guaranteed money's been paid, but this is a guy that hasn't stayed healthy. 
Can I get Foles to wear his Eagles uniform underneath the Colts uniform? Philly, Philly. I think, I think Frank Reich wears Eagles stuff underneath. He's probably got an Eagles T-shirt underneath his Colts stuff. Yeah, hey, it worked the first year at least. Yeah, right. So, but it's, I, I, I understand it's easy, easy to connect the dots, and I did early on. I've talked myself out of, out of Philip Rivers. I've talked myself out of certainly Tom Brady. Yeah, I know. I, I just think they're going to go Brissett slash draft pick. And we'll see how quick the draft pick, if Brissett struggles, if he struggles, how quick the draft pick gets involved. Likeliness to be signed by the Colts, 1 through 10, I'd put it at about a 3. I, I wouldn't yeah. go much higher than that. Yeah. And, and there, there were times I had it higher. Yeah. Uh, just because, again, I think he, to me, he, he would give you the pop you want offensively. Uh, of course, he would also probably at least double Brissett's interceptions. Can, can Frank live with that? So... Three is a pretty good point. Seahawks defensive end Jadavion Clowney, as uh, we have mentioned before, the uh, the the ultimate in uh, awful rumors that the Colts could possibly, potentially, maybe, perhaps be interested in among one other that, team. That was actually out there, wasn't it? That, yeah, that, that, that was that, that was the report. It, it was it was not too far off from what I just said. So that was not that was not me being facetious. That was me being. Uh, uh, what's the word? Um, cynical. We'll, we'll go with that. Um, 27-year-old defensive end Jadavion Clow- Clowney. Uh, expected, uh, I would imagine, that he wants a longer-term deal. He's had a couple short-term deals over the last term. Maybe we've only seen him play career. his best games against the Colts because he's been a pain in the ass. But he has. He is, I'm telling you. He's he, ripped them apart. And it, what, What's always missing from Clowney, I, I, I've not got his numbers up. Maybe Joe can get it real quick. He's. I don't think he's ever had the – 12 or 13 sack season. Never I, had double digits. Th- that's what I'm wondering. But boy, I tell you, whenever he plays the Colts, he just, he's always in the backfield. He's always disrupting things. He's a guy that you've almost got to look past the, the sheer numbers to say what's his value, what, what would he bring. Mm-hmm. And now whether you, want, you know, whether you want to bring in him for $20 million, I don't know. Probably not. That's not been what Ballard's done. Even Justin Houston. You know, different animal because of his age. What was he? It was two years, twenty-three million, I think it was. I finally would want that for one year. Oh almost. yeah, yeah. So I, I sort of think I've, unless Ballard changes his ways, which why would he? He, I, I think that fifteen million dollar a year salary is his is his grunt point, and I just don't know that he goes above that for anybody. I'd give it like a two likeliness. I think it's better chance Philip Rivers than they, mm. you know give a long-term $20 million per year to Clowney. Uh, you, you look at what they have on the defensive line right now. They have uh, Houston for, for one year, probably, and maybe beyond that if he's still producing. If, if, if he gives you 10 sacks, don't you resign him? I would think so. I think you have to. You can't let somebody like that out the door if he's at back-to-back double-digit sack seasons. Now again, whether, whether he would want to come back, or right. whether state of your team, right, right, right. is it a contender, but still. You got Kamoko Ture right there, who started the season last year. I think you have some confidence that he's going to... He showed you stuff? Yep. You got both of those guys. Do you bring back Jabal Sheard? You're going to draft somebody, probably. You have Ben Banigou, who you just drafted last year. Are you ready to completely give up on the Ben Banigou experiment? By he signing he showed right enough now? to where you think that yeah, there may yeah. be. But the, the one that's more interesting is Taekwon Lewis, mm-hmm. your interior guy who's really given you virtually nothing. You've got to hope or you're expecting that Danico Autry has a rebound. So I, that's why, in my mind, I keep thinking that 13th pick, unless they'd move, is going to be a defensive lineman. Who is it? Uh, Kinlaw? 
that Joe had a dream about? I did. Yes. I did. Still having that dream? <laughs> Every night. Every actually. night. Javon can uh, <laughs> We need to go elsewhere real quick. Uh, <laughs> Next is defensive tackle Shelby Harris, 28 years old. Uh, a, a reporter in Denver had uh, said that the Colts uh, were interested in Shelby Harris. Uh, expected deal. Uh, Joe, you have maybe short-term $10 million per year. Yeah, maybe like uh, th- three-year deal, around $10 million, something like that. If, if there was one area of need last year on the Colts, one, I, I would put it even over over quarterback since at least Jacoby had the, the stellar, really, really good start to the season, maybe not numbers-wise, but in terms of leading them to a 5-2 and two record and doing what was necessary to get those wins. Defensive tackle was a black hole of production. For the Colts last year and for two guys who were recent signees and Marcus Hunt and Danico Autry who had a really really good 2018 they both it, did it was it was an exceedingly big disappointment in what the defensive tackles did last year so if you want some help somewhere I think defensive tackle is your priority one for free agency. And again, that's kind of assuming that the Colts stay with Brissett and draft someone. Because if you're looking for a free agent quarterback, then that obviously becomes your first. I, I'm not entirely convinced that that's the case. So I say defensive tackle is just from from what I know about the Colts, from what we've witnessed in the past from Chris Ballard. From My, my educated opinion is that defensive tackle is likely their biggest Offense, defense, biggest team need. You can argue for you this could any other position is below that just because. Well, receiver. Well, you got Ty. You've got you got Pascal. You've got a few players. Tight end. Well, you got Doyle. You know, so that's the one area. Like you said, who? Right now, with with who's under contract, your, your number one tackle is Danico Autry, and he he had a down year. Tyquan Lewis. You can't rely on him. Second round draft pick. You know, it's time. And even Ballard said this this is the big make or break year for him. So that is probably the most crying position. Because let's say if you have to go, and that's always a bad phrase, but you have to go with what you've got. If you have to go with Brissett, he showed first half of the year that, that he could get the job done. Defensive tackle, you're, that, that's a good point. That's That's the number one area of concern and deficiency on this roster. I don't know if it's going to be Shelby Harris, but I think that they do sign someone, uh, a free agent defensive tackle. And Harris is maybe more likely than most. I'll put the likeliness somewhere around a seven. If I was more confident and if this had been a story that had been picked up maybe by more reporters, uh, I might go with an eight or a nine even. But I think seven is very reasonable to think that uh, he could be a cult next year. Would you love to see the Chiefs not tag Chris Jones? Oh my gosh, <laughs> Joe! Joe's dreams would change overnight. I, I, I yeah, would, if I'm Ballard, I'd say, here, "Here's the check, Chris. Uh, you fill in. You the fill zeros. it in, and, yes. and and I'll tell Mr. Ursay we agreed on this." Yeah, um, they, he. I don't know. There's talk about a franchise and trade. I think Kansas City just keeps him and goes for one more year. But the, after him, the defensive tackle market really drops off. Chief safety Eric Berry also had been possibly tied to the Colts. Specifically because, you know, you got GM Chris Ballard, who uh, worked with him in Kansas City. You got Justin Houston, who played with him on the defense for years in Kansas City. When's the City. last time Barry played? 2018. So and it was it, just for a game or two. It's been a, been a hot minute, as the kids say. And I've told you guys before, uh, everyone listening to this podcast as well, I love safeties. I grew up outside of Philadelphia, and Brian Dawkins was the man. I loved watching him play. Eric Berry, I loved watching him play, but he's 31 years old right now. 
if he's a guy that you want to bring in to be a locker room voice, then maybe, maybe you do want Eric Berry in there. Like Chris Ballard had said, the the defense was lacking vocal veteran leadership this season. If he's looking for someone to be that guy, Barry could be that guy. But but if you're going to be a locker room voice, you've got to be a player. I, I mean, you've got to be a guy who contributes. You can't be the guy who's inactive 10 games. So Even Mike Mitchell came in, he was AFC Defensive Player of the correct. Week, like his first week with the Colts. So immediately, boom, you come in, right. you have everyone's respect. So, so again, you, you earn that right away, and... and this would be one where you're just it would be all team loaded contract. It would be so much on prove it, give him something and so much on per game and all that. I'm not discounting that. I'd I'd say a six because because of all the dots that you connect. But you would have to be awful sure that, that he can be a player because as much as loyalty sort of plays a factor in some of this, I mean, you know, Frank Reich and what some of the stuff moves they've made. You bring in guys that you're familiar with. He's got to be a play. He's got to be a guy who can who can be one of your top four safeties, or the voice in the in the locker room just doesn't matter. Yeah, you think you'd bring him in to play a role, kind of similar to what we were talking about uh, with Gathers. If they brought him back this year, you know, maybe they decide to go with someone else like Barry, who they think might be able to provide can, a little more. Can Barry be a special teams player at 31? That's a good question. I I doubt it. I don't you're know fourth, if he's fourth a, safety in your third and fourth corner. Those guys are special teamers. I, I was going to say, has he, has he played a down of special teams in his know. NFL career? I don't know. So it, it makes a lot of sense. And, and if if he's still got a year or two to play, what a great addition that would be to show guys how you do it, when you can do it. But it, he just can't be a voice. He's got to be a player. Let's look at the top free agents at the Colts position of need before we wrap up this Colts Blue Zone podcast. We'll do this quickly. There's a Joe put together a great list of a bunch of players who are slated to be free agents this offseason. Many of them will will go back to their teams, uh, evidenced by uh, Dak Prescott is on here. Uh, you got someone like a Shaquille Baird who's expected to be franchised. Um, there, there, there are names on this list that are not moving, but nevertheless, it is an extensive list. Of, uh, of players that are set to be free agents when the new league year begins on March 18th. So um, uh, guys, we'll go down and just select a couple, like a handful of players from this list that you think would uh, the Colts either would be interested in or you would love to see in a Colts uniform. And, and I'll start to give you guys a little bit of time to, to look over this list. So at, at quarterback, um, Mike, I'm kind of in the same vein as you. I think that Jacoby Brissett right now is the guy. Um, and... They're eyeballing someone in this draft, and I I can't report who because honestly I don't know who, so I'm not I'm not going to even speculate on it. Um, but if if the thing if the thing was you wanted to bring in a veteran to compete with Jacoby Brissett, I think out of the list of guys out there, Jameis Winston would be really really intriguing. And I know people look at him and see 30 interceptions, but man, I saw him play at Florida State again. That could be a biased opinion, but boy, he was good in when he was given the weapons and he was given an offensive line in front of him and uh he wasn't playing uh bruce arians boom ball all the time when the he only said, argument i would make to what you said is if i sign one of these guys it's not to compete with Jacoby right. Brissett. It's, yes. a re- it's to replace yes. Jacoby Brissett. right so i think teddy bridgewater would be my choice if that was the case out of out of yep. this list here but so i i again i don't think they're going this route right i completely agree 
This is kind of a pipe dream scenario. But what about a guy like Case Keenum? Could you see them bring him in just be a backup, backup specifically to either Brissett or a rookie draft pick? That's not ridiculous. Um, I think you want if you have, especially if you have a rookie draft pick and you want a veteran backup. First of all, I don't think that they would do that. Again, I don't think that this this is a, this scenario they would go through. But if you wanted a veteran backup to a rookie quarterback then I think you want someone better than Brian Hoyer back there being being your backup. Marcus Mariota. That could be Marcus Mariota, exactly. Andy Dalton, mm-hmm. who's not a free agent, but his days in Cincinnati are mm-hmm. gone, Yeah, are done. So, right. you know, it, it worked last year for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Now, they traded for Tannehill. Worked out pretty well. Wide receivers, free agents this offseason, uh, a plethora uh, list here. We got... Um, Intriguing names, guys who have been productive in this league, and uh, also Philip Dorsett, former Colt. Sorry, who've <laughs> been productive and been, Philip been, Dorsett. Been there. Uh, um, I, out, out of all these names here, I love Amari Cooper. I think that he, he's he, he's a great receiver, and uh, he took that Dallas Cowboys offense uh, when they traded for him two years ago and took it to another level, and uh, gave. Dak Prescott, a legitimate wide receiver target. So if there's anybody here that that I would w- want to see on, on my team, it would be Amari Cooper. And he won't be out there. No, exactly. They're the, the Cowboys are going to sign him, I think. I don't want A.J. Green. He gets injured too often. Um, Nelson Aguilar, he and Frank have a history. Uh, N- Nelson Aguilar, yes. Uh, he uh, he has the dropsies. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you that right now. There's there's a famous video of uh, the guy who like in Philadelphia who caught the babies who's be, being thrown out the window of the fire. <laughs> yeah. He said, "I was out there catching them, unlike Nelson Aguilar or whatever that was." That was, so that was hilarious. It was it was it was funny, but but sad at the same time. And, and this probably drives home the fact that it, it shows more value to bring back Devin Funches. Yep, looking at as, this as list. opposed to this list. Yep, I love I, Robbie I Anderson, but I don't think he's going anywhere. I agree with you there. I, I would probably invest in Devin Funches. I like Emmanuel Sanders, but he's getting up there right now in age. So I don't know uh, from this whole list. There's there's not there's not a plethora of extremely talented guys. you got a couple guys who are deep burners, Brashad Perriman, Travis Benjamin, but, uh, boy, I, 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 it, it's not a super impressive list, in my opinion. Tight ends, a little bit more impressive, at the top at least. Austin Hooper and Hunter Henry have both are both two young guys, who have uh, who've made an impact already early in their careers here? I wouldn't mind seeing either of them uh, alongside Jack Doyle uh, running out. Well, you're going to pay to get either one of them too. You, you would have you're, to. You're going to have to pay. Yep, absolutely. And we've said again, the Colts um, are not are not shy. Or shouldn't don't have to be shy about spending. Maybe if they don't go out and sign a big free agent wide receiver, including uh, Devin Funches in that mark, maybe they sign they put their money in this offseason into signing a, a tight end that can right. do some damage. So that's. I think that's a very reasonable idea to think what could happen. Uh, defensive lineman uh, in the middle. Uh, we've brought up Shelby Harris already. I think he's he's a le- legitimate choice. Um, a lot of guys. We, we had Gerald McCoy possibly, possibly last year. We discussed him in, uh, in a Colts Blue Zone podcast or two before he went elsewhere. Um, Leonard Williams is, is pretty good. You got uh, Damon Snacks Harrison. Um, I don't know if uh, anybody here is... is is a top-flight defensive lineman, Joe. Yeah, uh, Malik Collins, just because of Eberflus and the Dallas Cowboys, and he's been solid throughout his short career. And then Jerron Reed, 
Um, kind of had a blow up year a couple years ago with double digit sacks, suspension this past year kind of derailed that. I believe he was suspended for six games. So there's a couple guys who the Colts might bring in to see what they can do, but no guys who you go, okay, the defensive interior is a strength of this team now. Right. Edge defenders, there's some in- intriguing names. Eric Armstead, uh, Vic Beasley had a good year two years ago, I think it was. Um, um, you know, it could have even been more recent than that, that he had. If not double-digit sacks, darn close to it, Joe. He has a good year like every other year. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't stacked them. So uh, Shaquille Barrett uh, had a career year this past year, but again, probably going to be franchised. Yannick Ngakwe, also probably going to be franchised. I think he has like 75% of his career sacks have come against the Colts. Again, one of those other guys like Jadavion Clowney who just kills the Colts. Um, so, I mean, there are opportunities there in, in defense in if you want to improve on your edge defenders, but you're going to have to pay for any of those really big guys. Absolutely, for sure. Um, cornerbacks and safeties just uh, in the defensive backfield. Uh, if you want guys who are, who are veteran voices uh, out of this entire group, um, I, I wish I could say that I'm completely uh, up to date on uh, the uh, the veteran leadership skills of the uh, the free agent class in the secondary or the defense across the NFL, but I'm I'm not going to even pretend that, that I am here right now. But if you want to bring in a guy who's a veteran from this group to kind of be a, a locker room voice, that uh, you, you got to get it from somewhere. It seems right now because like I, like we have said many times already over the past couple weeks of this Colts Blue Zone podcast, Chris Ballard has said that has been lacking. And Chris Harris Jr. from the Denver Broncos is an example of a guy who the Colts could look at bringing in. He, he might go to a team that's more equipped to win right now with the Colts quarterback situation. It's kind of up in the air. But he's been to a couple Super Bowls with the Broncos. Still a very high-performing player um, who looks like the Broncos are going to let go. Uh, I, I just can't see the Colts spending a lot of money at cornerback this offseason. Also, while we were talking, the league has made a decision on the owners' meetings. Right, go ahead. They've canceled the owner meeting, yep. owners' meetings. All right. And the next notification will be some kind of adjustment to the draft process. Not canceling the draft. No way. But canceling, or whatever word you want to put, the fan uh, accessibility the to fan the draft. The fanfare around the draft. So, so but this, this, is, this was to be expected. And, again, we, we can't drive home the point enough that the NFL in the calendar is very fortunate to have only, only in quote marks, these things to worry about while everyone else is canceling games and tournaments and all that. They can very much prepare for the eventual start of Correct. the off season now, when practices would begin uh, as normal. Um, OTA or there, there, the Colts off season program starts the middle of April, so we have some time before that. But that's coming very quickly. Yep, and if. If nothing changes in the next month, or that, that this is pure speculation, but if nothing changes in the next month, I, I would bet some there are some kind of cancellations or postponements or, or something of of OTAs this summer. And, the question, and then the question is, and it's we'll see. How long do you push things back? Let's say they cancel the NCAA tournament for a month. How long can you push things back before it's simply not attainable to to, to finish? Mm-hmm. So. Lots of questions still to be answered. Perhaps next week on the Colts Blue Zone podcast, we'll be able to give you some more concrete answers about uh, the future, immediate future of the NFL as the uh, new league year will begin before our next podcast, likely to begin, at least it's scheduled to begin. Scheduled to begin. And then uh, perhaps some more information about the uh, ins and outs of what's to happen in this year's NFL draft. We thank you for listening to the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Download and subscribe now. Get this delivered to your podcast listening device whenever it drops. 
I am Dave Griffiths. You can follow me on Twitter at DaveG underscore sports. Mike Chappell is at mchapel 51 Joe Hopkins is at Roto Street Joe. And once again, we are at Colts Blue Zone. Follow us on Twitter for your Colts news day after day. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. 